Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to focus our attention uh, as we're going to conclude our service with communion today. And uh, the Lord just dropped a, a small word in, in, my, in my heart today uh, as, we, as we take a look at, uh, at communion and uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we usually walk through this portion of Scripture uh, in, uh, surrounding communion. And uh, Paul is writing about what took place, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. But I only want to read the last verse right now. We'll walk through it together when we do communion. But I want to read the last verse, verse 26 of this particular short passage uh, because there's something that jumped out at me as I was just praying and saying, Lord, what do you want to share? What do you want to focus our hearts on this morning? There was something in this last line that jumped out at me. And it says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. And here it is, until he comes. Until he comes. How many know that's the hope? How many know Jesus is coming again? How many of you know that there is more to this life than just what we have in the here and now? That Jesus promises us that there is more. Arthur Stace was born and raised in Australia in a home where alcoholism and hopelessness and poverty were a part of his everyday life. At the age of 12, with no formal education, he became a ward of the state. By age 15, he was sent to jail for the first time, and in his 20s, Arthur became a recruiter for his sister's brothels, and most of his adult life was spent as a miserable petty thief and an alcoholic. That is, until August 6, 1930. That was the day that the 46-year-old met Jesus Christ and gave his life to Christ. How many of you know when you encounter Jesus, your life ought to change? When you encounter Jesus, your life ought to change. And that's what happened with him. He was never the same. Two years later, Stace was in a church and he heard an evangelist by the name of John Ridley preach a message entitled, The Echoes of Eternity. And the, 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 the evangelist was reading from this passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 57, 15, read out of the King James Version, For thus saith the high and lofty one the inhabit, that inhabiteth eternity whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. In that beautiful verse, the evangelist began to reveal that God towers above and inhabits eternity. John Ridley was so moved by these words that as he was preaching, he began to announce eternity Eternity, I wish that I could sound, uh, sound or shout that word to everyone in the streets of Sydney, Australia. Eternity, eternity. You've got to meet it. And then he ended with this question, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? And Arthur was so moved when John said, I wish that everyone, I could shout it, sound eternity to everyone in Sydney. He was so moved by those words that he launched what is now a famous evangelism campaign, a one-word evangelism campaign. And for the next 35 years, Arthur, who was basically illiterate, he couldn't even really write his own name, began a simple routine. Every morning, he'd wake up at 4 a.m., oh boy, and he'd pray. He'd pray for about an hour, and then at 5 o'clock, he would say, God, lead me. Where do you want me 
to go. And for hours, he would take out a piece of chalk, and in script lettering, he was a beautiful artist, even though he couldn't, he couldn't read, he was illiterate, beautiful artist, he would write eternity in a, in a script writing all throughout the streets of Sydney, wherever the Lord led him to go. Every hundred feet, he would wrote his one-word sermon on the sidewalks. And his efforts continued, and somehow he, he avoided being arrested uh, or for defacing public property. And whenever somebody would question, hey, what are you doing? He would answer, I, I answer to, I have permission from a higher source. I have a permission from a higher source. For more than 20 years, his work remained a mystery. It caused multitudes of people to, to pause and to ponder. The power of that one word began to move its way through the city and began to touch many people in that city. Eventually, the nation was touched. And finally, in 1956, the mystery was solved by the Reverend Lyle M. Thompson of Burton Street Baptist Church. Arthur was actually the church cleaner, and he was also the head of the, the prayer team. He was out on the, on the prayer lead, one of their prayer leaders. And it came about that one day, Reverend Lyle Thompson uh, saw Stace with a crayon write his famous eternity on the pavement. And Arthur Stace didn't realize he had been spotted. And so Thompson said, are you Mr. Eternity? That's what he'd become known as. Are you Mr. Eternity? And Stace replied, guilty, your honor, guilty. Well, Arthur Stace then was revealed as the graffiti preacher and hordes of people who he never knew personally thanked him for the impact that he had on their lives simply by that one word, eternity. In 1967, Arthur passed away, but his message was secured for generations to come. You see, his message had so impacted Sydney that the bell in the Sydney GPO clock tower was rebuilt in 1960 and now bears the word eternity. Eternity is inscribed on a copper plate in the middle of Sydney's town hall square. And in the year 2000, in Sydney, Australia, there as we were about to, to bring in Y2K and there's all of this media and everything, across the bridge there in Sydney is the words eternity displayed for the entire world to see. Later on, again in the summer, Summer Olympics were held in Sydney, Australia, and once again there it was, eternity displayed for the entire world to see. In 2003, an opera, The Eternity Man, was written based on Stace's life story. And in 2008, Eternity Man was adapted to a film. One man being obedient to the Lord, impacted by the phrase eternity, and taking that message out to the streets that not only impacted a city, impacted a nation, and had an impact on the world. In his book, Compelled, pastor and author Dudley Rutherford wrote this, no goal in this life is as important as our heavenly calling to spend eternity with our Lord and to invite as many people as possible to the same glorious future. C.S. Lewis said, all that is not eternal is useless. See, eternity is something that is woven into the Gospels. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the temporary. Sometimes we get so caught up in the here and now. We get so caught up in the things that busy our lives and the things that, that worry us and the achievements and the passions and the, the things that we go after, that we want, the, the, the problems that we face, that we forget about eternity. 
We get so caught up in the here and now that, that we don't recognize that eternity is all throughout all of Scripture. In fact, a verse that I memorized as a child and many of you know and, and has been held up in stadiums around the world, John 3.16 reminds us of eternity, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life or eternal life, shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the hope, isn't it? Isn't that the proclamation of the gospel? Eternal life. Eternity. Romans 6.23, Paul echoes the same under the unction of the Holy Spirit when he said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Eternity. Eternal life. His mercy is everlasting, the gift of eternal life. Psalm 105 declares, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. 1 Timothy 1.17 declares that he is the king eternal. Revelation 1.8 calls him the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. And Ephesians 3.11 says that he has an eternal purpose for mankind. God is eternal. Friends, there is so much more than what is here in the here and now, and yet so often we are struck with the here and now. So often we forget that he is coming again and that we have an eternity. And where we spend that eternity depends on who our faith is in. Again, we're focused on our plans, our problems, our pursuits, without a single thought sometimes to the eternal. And yet, in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The principle is one of investment. Where we choose to invest our time, our talent, and our treasure. Are we focused on the temporary things of the here and now? Or are we investing in the things that are eternal, the things that will truly last? See, I love the last line of this passage because it's really the motivating factor. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How many know that Jesus commanded us to love the Lord your God with what? With all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. But how do we love the Lord with all of our heart when so much of our heart is tied to the here and now? When so much of our heart's pursuits are in the temporal? So much of our heart's pursuits are on the things of today, the things of this world. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Because treasures on earth do not last, and yet that oftentimes becomes the very source of our prayers, the subject of our prayer life, oftentimes is more about the things of this earth than it is about the eternal. If we really examine our prayer lives, how many times is it about what I want, what I need, what I've got to have, what I need right now, what I think I need to be happy? And yet we're reminded in the principle that we need to be looking towards the eternal because where our attention is, that's where our affection will be. The sad truth is that many in the world and the church today are not living for the eternal. Many today do not realize the sad truth that without a saving faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, eternal punishments, not eternal rewards are what awaits. 
not eternal life. Hebrews 9, 27 through 28 is a sobering reminder that it is appointed for men to die once and after this to face judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin and for salvation. Friends, everyone is going to face eternity sometime, somewhere. And the question is not a matter of if, the question is a matter of when. And if, and if, 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 if Jesus does not return in our lifetime, we will face death. We will face that transition into eternity. But what will that eternity be? Will it be eternal life or will it be eternal punishment? What is that? Family, friends, co-workers, people in our community, people that we know one day will step into eternity. But do they know that Jesus has loved them so much that he left heaven and gave his life so that we might have eternal life? Do they know that sins can be forgiven? Do they, do they know this wonderful gift that we have? Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, it's more than just fire insurance. It's blessed assurance of living eternally with God. It's more than just fire insurance. It's blessed assurance. Have you heard the phrase, you've got your head in the clouds? Sometimes people are daydreaming. You say, you got your head in the clouds. Sometimes they're not paying attention or maybe uh, maintaining some unrealistic ideas. Hey, you've got your head in the clouds. You know, sometimes we got to have our head a little more in the clouds. Sometimes we've got to get our focus a little more in the clouds. The Apostle Paul had a different meaning in Colossians 3, 2 and 3 when he wrote this. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ, or hidden with Christ in God. Part of coming to know Christ is setting our mind on things that are above the things here, the temporal things here. The enemy is so good at distracting us with all of the temporal things, all of the things of this earth, all of the worries and the cares of this life. And yet the Apostle Paul is reminding us that we've got to learn how to set our minds on the eternal, on the things that are above on the things that look up that say, God, there is so much more that you have than just right here and right now. Yes, we have earthly matters we have to tend to. There are bills to pay. You have to pay them. There are taxes to be paid at that time. Jobs to keep, families to take care of. School to get ready for, tax-free weekend. I hope you got out there and got your school supplies, right? I mean, you know, there, there, there are responsibilities. There are earthly responsibilities. I am in no way telling you to neglect those things, but what I am telling you is don't get consumed by them. Don't, don't get consumed. Don't think that life is all a matter of here, all a matter of now, all a matter of today, all a matter of what we can pursue and achieve for tomorrow. For the Bible is clear that what is here today can be gone tomorrow just as easy, that we have to have a look at eternity. That we cannot forget the eternal matters by getting bogged down. With other things, setting our hearts and minds on things above helps us maintain a proper perspective when faced with issues of the right here and right now that seem too difficult. Sometimes there are just things that are difficult, and I can tell you that eternity and having a mind on the eternal can help with those things. For Paul says that we must realize that our troubles today are light and momentary. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal, there's that word again, eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Friends, how many of you know that heaven is our home? 
the troubles and the tragedies in, in, in this life, this life is not our permanent dwelling. But Revelation 23 3 tells us that in heaven, God will be with us. He, he will be with us. He will, as it says, make his dwelling among us, just like he was in the Garden of Eden when he walked with Adam and Eve. Revelation 21, 4 and 5 goes on to reveal what eternity is going to be like. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. These are words you can trust in. In heaven, there'll be no more sorrow. In heaven, there'll be no more disease. There'll be no cancer. There'll be no crime. There'll be no pain. There'll be no shootings in, in, in cities. There'll be no death. And that's the eternal. That's the eternal. And these are words that we can trust in. But the world is filled with people that don't know that Jesus loved them. That he loves them and he died for them. Part of living with an eternal perspective is learning how to make Jesus' love known and eternal life that he offers known. Like Arthur, Arthur says, we need people to proclaim the message of eternity to everybody they come in contact with. Maybe we're not called to write eternity with chalk all around the streets of Painesville. Maybe we're not called to do that, but we're certainly not exempt from sharing Christ's love with those who need it. Maybe that's sharing our personal testimony of what God has done in our lives. Maybe it's demonstrating love to someone who is in need. Maybe it's living a life that is different, that is set apart, fully trusting in Jesus no matter what circumstances you go through. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 reminds us, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Friends, I want to tell you something. There are opportunities all around us. But sometimes we're so busy. We're so into what we have to do. We miss them. When you, when you take a trip and you get a chance to get away, I watch some things. Here's what I watch. There were some members of our team. We're ministering, and you're just more sensitive when you're ministering to some needs. So we're doing our, we happen to be in one of the local churches, and we're doing our program. And while we're doing our program, there is a man that's standing outside the church, and he's looking through a window. One of our team members noticed. One of our team members said there's an opportunity and grabbed our, our, our missionary who could interpret and went over, and we went over, and we talked with him and prayed with him. We were out on the street. We were, we were sharing on the street and, and passing out tracks at a inter, busy intersection, and uh, the stoplight would come. You saw us. They, they put us out there in front of all the traffic. We were looking at the red light. We were holding up these letters. And I'm looking back going, all right, is it going to turn green? Because they're going to run me over, you know. And, uh, it, it, but while we're there, there, there is a, there's an elderly lady who's there begging on the corner. And unbeknownst to the others, I watched several of our team members, several of those that are on our team at different times that grabbed an interpreter and went over and talked with that lady and began to pray with her. Different opportunities because there are people all around us that are hurting if we will keep our eyes open, if we will see the importance of eternity, of eternity. And that's, the, that's what we have to keep in mind. That's what we have to keep our eyes on, not the temporal, but on eternity. 
And I want to I close with this, and we're going to close with, with just this focus as we, as we look. Until he comes, that, that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's the message of communion. But let me tell you, in the first century Christians, this is, this is how they would greet each other. With hello and goodbye, they would say this word, Maranatha. Maranatha. You know what Maranatha means? The Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Not hello, not goodbye, Maranatha. Maranatha, in Aramaic, the Lord is coming soon. I don't know about you, but what a great way to start and end a conversation. A reminder of the eternal. A reminder that the Lord is coming soon. A reminder that we have a limited time here on this earth with the opportunities that have been placed before us. Echoing the words of Jesus in Revelation twenty two twelve. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Friends, the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. I have grown up in the church and I have heard the message over and over and I can tell you that there is a battle when you hear that over and over. When you've grown up and it hasn't happened, I thought that I wouldn't get out of my teenage years before Jesus came back. I thought that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to college. I didn't think I'd be able to get married or have kids. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see grandkids. I have no idea because at any moment, no man knows the day or the hour. Jesus Christ can return. Do we live with that kind of urgency? Or do we find ourselves going, well, that's a great message, but I don't know. I've heard that my whole life. I'm not sure. The Bible tells us to keep watch. That's what it says. The Bible tells us to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day. On what day, excuse me, you do not know on what day the Lord will come in the blink of an eye. And so the question is, is there an urgency an urgency in how we live, to not live for the temporal, but to live for the eternal. To, to not simply be focused on ourselves, but to make the most of every opportunity so that everybody has the opportunity to come to know Christ and have that eternal life with him. This is the kind of hope that we have. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.